It's 7 a.m. in Prague, 2 p.m. in Shanghai, 7 p.m. in Auckland, and there are street cleaners out and about on a crisp Prague morning. Prague is a city of 1.26 million people. Despite its size, you'd be hard-pressed to find two people who have an identical day. As with any international city, Prague citizens come from all over the globe, and they fill their time with countless different hobbies, jobs, and rounds of beer. From musicians, to students, to restaurant owners, and who can forget those beloved Segway tour guides, people's lives vary by the day, the minute, the hour. So what is a typical day in Prague? Welcome to the Progcast. This is the fourth episode of our podcast and the first of a brand new season. Today, we'll be taking a look at a day in the life of the Czech Republic and what it means to live here. I'm Zoe Edelman. And I'm Tommy Shizuka. Thanks for joining us. While most of the city is still rubbing its eyes and getting ready for the day ahead, at 7 a.m., the vendors at the city's farmer's markets have been up for hours. And I am still fast asleep. Well, just a couple blocks away from your nice warm bed is one of Prague's most popular markets. At Jose Porobrad Square in the city's leafy Vinorari district, you'll find everything from pies to potatoes to pasta. Hmm. Do they have coffee? No, but they do have some local wine. Even better. Winona Rinkus went down to capture the early morning scene as the vendors set up their stalls. It's a bit chilly, but there are many people here this Saturday morning at the market. And what's a market without its patrons? We're here with a regular customer of a South Moravian wine stand at the market. Uh, my name is Peter. I'm buying some wine today. The, the market here on Nizhyos Podjebrat is uh, one of the best markets in the sense that it's, it's a community market. So most people that come here actually live in the neighborhood. So you, you meet your neighbors and you meet people that you see all the time, which is, which is like a village feeling. It's clear there's a close relationship between the vendors and the customers here. And we'll talk now to the man who makes Peter's favorite wine. Uh, my name is Jiří uh, Matoušek. So we sell uh, Moravian wines. This is a small family winery from South Moravia. We are on farmery markets everywhere, in Palladium, in uh, Naplavka, in uh, Kubanské náměstí, and... And one more, and I can't remember now. <laughs> That's okay. The market here is really more than just wine. We have fresh produce, pastries, and pasta. This is the pasta man's son. My name is Peter. This is pasta from Pastard. It's making my mother with my sister. My father is selling the pasta on markets. Then my father is making some pastos too. It's an only family company. Like no, no one ever makes that. It's Czech company. My father works there from Wednesday to Saturday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I'm working there every Saturday from 8 to 2 p.m. As you walk through the market, the sounds fill the space. There are whole families out here, couples on a date. There are dogs playing in the park next to the children laughing. It's a great Saturday morning activity. It really has the communal feel that the customers appreciate at a local farmer's market. Now that we're sufficiently full of carbs and sugar, it's time to work out. Mid-morning is the prime time for some of Prague's more ambitious residents to get moving at the gym. And let's not forget the even more committed fitness instructors who somehow find a way to motivate a relatively, although maybe begrudgingly, athletic crowd. 
Sophie Frank went along to the HIT Fitness Gym in Prague 3 to speak with a Scottish fitness instructor who has made Prague his home in all its sweaty glory. Uh, my name is Colin McGregor. I've been in Prague for five years. Uh, I've been a fitness instructor for the last uh, 15, 16 years. And what brought you to Prague? <laughs> That's a very good question. But pretty much 90% of people who come here who are male uh, because of a woman. <laughs> That's the basic answer, yeah. And are you staying here because of the woman or because of the <laughs> fitness instructing? Or what, what keeps you here? Uh, it's the work that keeps me here. The woman's no longer a factor, so it's the work that I keep I stay here for. <laughs> a day in the life. All right, pretty much. Well, I try to train a lot of my clients early. I like to have uh, quite a bit of free time. So I normally get up about 5, 5.20 in the morning. Um, first clients are anywhere from 6 to 6.30. I usually knock out three or four clients in the morning. Um, take a break for a couple of hours, uh, come back, train a few more, maybe lunchtime-ish, and then maybe train the last ones, around about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. So there's always plenty of things to, to... There's never enough hours in the day. It should be 36 in the day, not 24. <laughs> it's very intrinsically rewarding. You get a lot of... Um, self-benefit from it from seeing somebody achieve what they set out to achieve I mean you know you say to people you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink you know I mean I'm leading the horse and I'm sort of encouraging them to drink so to speak and it's their hard work that at the end of the day achieves their goal uh, just, so I just push them a little bit it's very frustrating for somebody who, who pays for my time but they cancel you know, they come to you saying, I want X, X, Y, and Z, I want a six-pack, I want to get bigger, I want to get stronger. They book for three times a week, and they cancel two of those three. So they come four times a month instead of 12. And they say to you, oh, you know, I just don't seem to be getting the, getting the results I expected. It's like, well, you know, you do actually have to go to the gym. You know, it's like you can't just show up that gym and expect to get leaner or stronger. When you look at them in the street, the women are generally slimmer than the men. I think the women are much more aware of, of how they look. I think a lot of that might be the fact that culturally women are, they still want to be quite feminine here and they're not, it's not quite as, how uh, can I say this? Here women tend to be want to be like women yeah, and they, they definitely look after their bodies I think a bit more than they do further afield. Men don't care, they just drink beer. Now that we've burned a few calories with our new trainer, El Lutz is going to bring us to Fusion Bistro Yavanka, an Indonesian cafe in Prague, too, to refuel. Ooh, sounds delicious. And even though it's peak lunch hour, I think we might be able to fight through the crowds and sit down with the owner for a little bit. You know, I'd love to hear what running a restaurant in Prague is like. I'm really craving some soda I am, too. My name is Juanita Kansil, and I was born here, and this business, well, it's because I'm from Indonesia originally, and uh, there was no Indonesian restaurant <laughs> here, and I knew that my mother cooks very well, and I always knew that the chicks will like it once they know it. Did your mother teach you everything that you know about cooking, about food? No, my mother taught me nothing. <laughs> But I have uh, worked in Indonesian restaurants in Holland because I've studied in Holland for six years, 20 years ago, and I've always worked there as a student. So I knew how the restaurant goes, 
and she helped me with cooking. She cooked here the first months, and now we have a very good chef, a very good chef. And but I cannot cook Indonesian. <laughs> well, have you experienced a lot of Czech people being open to Indonesian food? In the beginning, it was um, well. You know, we have this tactic that we encourage them to taste it first before they buy. There are lots of Czechs who have traveled a lot these days, not like 10 years ago. There are lots of globetrotters. Those people came here because once they heard it as Indonesian food, they came and they uh, wanted to eat it. And they also brought their friends. So that's why we work. That's the way we work in the beginning. And it's also because we don't do any huge advertising. Also, we don't buy anything on Facebook. The all likes that you see on Facebook are true of people who have visited this place. Do you think that's the only thing that makes Javanka unique? You know, we are not only about the food. We have certain beliefs which we uh, are applicating here. You know, lots of Czechs don't like religions, uh, but there are lots of religious people here in Javanka. Uh, I'm a Christian. Our uh, uh, people in the kitchen are mostly Muslims. We have Jews, here we have atheists, we have Catholics, we have Buddhists. And, uh, we uh, are trying to encourage this uh, openness of all people towards all beliefs and also towards non-believers and also we support uh, also the LGBT movement here and we are trying to be um, open, tolerant but with certain principles. What would be an ideal day for you here? An ideal day for me here is, would be this is ideal when I come here and, and, and all tables are full and people are waiting. <laughs> I think this is ideal. And that was Juanita Gansil speaking to El Lute. With our appetites relieved and lunch breaks coming to an end, we see people strolling around Old Town Square right in the center of the city. Ah, the Times Square of Prague. Locals and tourists alike are drawn to the square for the food, atmosphere, and of course the astronomical clock, which people crowd around every hour to hear the bells toll. Megan Donnelly headed over to the square right at 1 p.m. to talk to one of the many Segway tour guides soliciting passersby to take a tour. Okay, guys. Uh, this one is a Beethoven Palace. And why is this building called Beethoven Palace? Because when Beethoven comes to Prague and they live in this hotel, and Beethoven know a son of king. And then one day when they meet, like uh, son of king asks him, Beethoven, how's going your day? How are you, my, my friend? He asks me, I'm okay, but it's terrible. I can't make, like, my. I love this hotel. I love live in Prague. Prague is so beautiful city. But in the hotel is not so quiet, a lot of neighbors, and I can't make my new songs. He say, okay, my friend, special for you, I buy this, buy this house. And son of king give, like, this good present for Beethoven, he buy special for him, all this hotel, and when Beethoven come to Prague, they, he live in his private house, his palace. Okay, <laughs> now I want to stop there and show you this beautiful view of Charles Bridge. Charles Bridge is oldest and first bridge built in Prague. 
This bridge, built in 1357 year, more than 700 years old. And like today, some like one of my tourists asked me a very fun question. They like ask, why why we never we like live in, uh, like, we stay in Prague for three days and we no, never see a cars on on a bridge? I say yeah, guys, because it's like 700 years old bridge. It's like main historical place, and they close for I don't know any transport. You can go only like for a walk to to see this bridge. Okay, let's go. You don't know this wall? Yeah, guys, it's a John Lennon Memorial Wall. It's a peace wall, and uh, I think you don't know that John Lennon and Beatles never been in Czech Republic, and it's a myth uh, like that John Lennon sit near this wall and make his songs about uh, freedom, about like uh, peace. No, it's a myth because many years ago Czech Republic be a communistic close country and close for people from another countries, and after fell down of uh, communism and uh, da when John Lennon died, guys like come to this wall and start to make a graffiti write some phrase like to show his freedom and still now it's like one illegal legal I'm sorry place where you can come take a paint or marker and write some phrase make a graffiti and like policemen can stay near and you don't have any problem As we leave the afternoon bells of the iconic Old Town Square behind us, we hear another familiar symphony just across town. Kids exploding with joy as the school day ends. Hmm. Seeing these little guys running from the building, pleading for snacks and playdates from their parents, really takes me back. Well, before we relive your glory days, we're heading inside Londinska 34 in Prague 2 with Sophie Frank to talk to 10-year-old Johanka Gappen, one of the many students who stay after school to participate in clubs or sports. Most days I go to some other after-school activity, but sometimes I stay here and do some activities here or just stay in kind of a club. And so what's your favorite kind of club or thing to do after school? Well, my favorite is probably dance or art. Class. What's your favorite part about being a student? My favorite part is probably being with my friends. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have one brother. How old is he? He's seven. And do you guys get along well or do you fight sometimes? Well, we fight sometimes. I guess all siblings do. When you're home with your family, are there certain things that your family likes to do together? Well, we like playing board games and... Uh, we like making things, like now we're making paper, recycled paper. You like to do art, do you like to create things by yourself or like follow instructions that people give you about I what like to make? I like to create things by myself but maybe on some instructions like, like write stories that are on maybe some instructions like that I'm supposed to write it about somebody. If you had like a perfect day or a day where you could do whatever you want, what would you want to do? I'd read a lot, and I'd do uh, art. I guess this is the big question. What do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. Do you think you'd ever be an artist or something similar to your dad? I guess so. Yeah. I think I could be a lot of things. Now, are we sure that little girl was 10 years old? She sounded so mature. I know. It's kind of scary. I'm pretty sure all I was doing when I was in fourth grade was watching cartoons and playing in mud. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to get a little more cultured. 
How about a trip to the Rudolfinum, the home of the Czech Philharmonic since 1946? That is just what I need. Perfect. We went backstage to learn a little bit more about Andrei Vravitz, who performs dual roles as assistant conductor and solo French horn player at the acclaimed orchestra, and asked him to describe his typical day. Rehearsal starts at 9.30. When you are playing horn, you have to be here at least 30 minutes before. That you have to warm up a little bit, prepare your lips, prepare your muscles, everything. Then you have a rehearsal until 3.30 usually. And then sometimes we have a concert or sometimes there's a free time until the evening. And from 7.30 we play the concert. You know, because I am still... Doing my job in the Czech Philharmonic, playing the horn, I'm quite busy with that because uh, recently the Czech Philharmonic increased the volume of the work and I mean the number of concerts. So it's not easy for me to find the free time spots for making uh, other projects as a conductor. But these are increasing in recent years. So let's say I do 30, 40 projects per year with different orchestras or different ensembles. Both jobs are very, very different, but uh, both are very enjoyable for me, and I, I actually love to do both at the same time because that gives me kind of feedback. Because when you are only conductor, you lose the reality living in the orchestra, and when you see the situations from the other side, and then you stand in front of orchestra, you can actually think about what the people are thinking, and you can try to adjust your psychology, you can try to adjust your way of rehearsing, your way of Performing, so it's it's very helpful for me to do both jobs at the same time. But I just worry that this would not be able to be forever. You know, the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra is a very special ensemble. So, of course, the concerts with them as a conductor are maybe the most valuable for me. I have to say because it's a really orchestra that brings、uh, special colors and it has a really old tradition of the performing. And I mean,、uh, it it really sounds different from the other orchestra. So, I, I enjoy with any ensemble I work, but with the Czech Phil, it's always special. Many people shed their formal attire and go straight from the Philharmonic to an infamous Holshovitsa bar. Ah, but we can and we will. Cross Club, just a trip over the River Vltava, is where the young and the restless go after the 10 p.m. quiet hours begin. Progcast reporter El Lutz brought us down the stairs to the gear-filled underground to speak with the dreadlock-adorned mixologist Petra. From other part of Czech Republic, quite far away, and、uh, just、uh, met a guy, and、uh, kind of moved to Prague and started to work here. Are you still with the guy? No. <laughs> no. What is your favorite drink to prepare for your customers? White Russian. Yeah. yeah. I like it. <laughs> I、you、drink、like、it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to, you know, sell it to everyone else so they like it too. What do you do when you're not here? I live really close. <laughs> so most of the time I'm actually here. Yeah, I play ukulele, so、yeah. I crochet a bit. <laughs>、um, when do you get here, and when do you usually leave? Probably around yeah five-ish, 
six-ish sometime. Get out around seven, eight during the weekends and through the week. I finish like maybe five o'clock. Can you describe like typically what you do at a shift here? Yeah, just uh, come in here, you know, check everything, just serve people, clean everything, close the bar, kick everyone out, count the money, clean everything again and go to sleep. Do you think there's a difference between how the tourists act and how your regulars act? It depends usually where the tourists are from. Most of them are ordinary people, you know, like Czechs, most of the Czechs. Some of them can be quite difficult, you know, because I find British, they can be pretty wild, maybe too wild, you know, don't know how to behave. But I suppose it can be everywhere, because like if I go somewhere, like a tourist for a holiday, I expect to enjoy myself, you know. I find Spanish, don't give tips, any. <laughs> What's the craziest thing you've ever seen here? There was one day, one night, grabbing day. <laughs> so if you've seen a girl, you're supposed to grab a book. Yeah. It was an interesting night. I loving the lifestyle, you know, all the all my colleagues are great. You know, I met so many new people, new opportunities, even the music and you know everything around it. It's great. We've been so happy to have you with us as we peeked into the lives of so many Prague residents. Thanks for spending the day with us. And thanks to our editor, Rob Cameron, and the whole Progcast team. Anexi Barnes, Megan Donnelly, Sophie Frank, Darian Henshaw, El Lutz, and Winona Rinkus. And special thanks to Griswold, who performed our original theme, which was composed especially for this podcast by Dalton Core. Feel free to get in touch with us at nyuprogcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username Progcast. I'm Zoe Edelman. And I'm Tommy Shizuka. Thanks for listening to the Progcast, and tune in next time. Mm-hmm.